Welcome to the Todd Z Zcast, everybody. My name is Todd Zalkins, recorded live here in Long Beach, California, where we talk about a little bit of everything, a little bit of recovery, a little bit of this, that, and the other. Some things relevant and highly irrelevant. We're here to share with you what's really going on. Welcome to the Z-Man Show, everybody. I'm your host, Todd Zalkins, and today is, what, what is today? It's Wednesday, February 27th, 2019. Thank you for tuning into the show. At the very very beginning here, we like to talk about who's bringing this thing to life here and breathing life into it and helping us out here a little bit. The show is brought to you by Balboa Horizons, one of, one of Southern California's finest treatment centers. Give them a call at 833-NOT-ALONE if you guys need some help or if you know someone who needs some help, hit them up at 833-NOT-ALONE, Balboa Horizons, one of Orange County's and Southern, and Southern California's finest treatment centers. They are gold seal accredited and I uh, highly recommend them. I know a lot of people who have gotten well there. The program is also brought to you by the Knoll Family Foundation. And the Knoll Family Foundation has created something called Bradley's House that we are desperately trying to bring to life. Kelly Knoll, Bradley Knoll's sister, is the executive director and Jim Papa Knoll is one of the co-founders we are uh, uh, trying our very best here to raise funds. It's a full nonprofit, you guys. So if you want to donate, please go to the knollfamilyfoundation.org and give what you can, man. Everything is tax deductible. The goal, in case, for those of you who don't know, the goal and the intention is to open the very first treatment center of its kind, which is going to be helping uh, musicians who suffer from substance use disorder to recover. It'll be a 90-day program, and once we're up and running, we'll be able to serve 24 people a year, God willing, and we're really, really looking forward to making this thing happen. Again, the thenollfamilyfoundation.org. One more thing, in recent weeks, I've thrown Kelly Knoll under the bus by saying she'll come and paint your house if you buy like two dozen t-shirts. She's not too happy about that, so here's the deal. If you buy three dozen t-shirts, I'll come out and I'll partially wax one of your cars, I will walk two of your dogs. If you have three of them, there'll be a $75 charge. I will even house it if you have children under the age of 17. So hit me up, buy a whole shitload of t-shirts at the thenollfamilyfoundation.org and I'll walk your dogs, wash half your car, and, uh, and I'll babysit for a very short time, 40, 45 minutes tops, enough for you to go to Ralph's. Okay, next up, our, spot, our, our next sponsor is As High As I Am. As High As I Am is owned and operated by one of Central California's finest gentlemen that I know. His name is Mike Lopaka Jones, a big wave rider himself and a hell of a good human being. If you're ever in the Morro Bay area, please go by his shop, As High As I Am. And no, you're not gonna find water bongs or zigzags there. This is not a place to, you know, to score stuff to smoke weed. As High As I Am is all about killing it in the big surf and living a uh, a lifestyle that's conducive to outdoor stuff and just having fun out in the ocean. So as high as I am, and uh, oh, by the way, do we have the, the coupon code there yet? If you post it, we need to do that next week. We have a special Uncle Z-Man coupon code where if you buy some stuff from him, you get at least uh, 6.3 to 7.5% off of anything you buy, and he might throw in a, a bar of surf wax for 12.50. Okay, now. I'm always looking forward to the guests that we have on the program, and, and why wouldn't I? Because I like to have fun doing this, and we like to bring people on board that, that have got either a good story or just something really cool going on in their life and how they're maybe to help to motivate others in some capacity. 
And this guy that I got today is has got a great story to tell, and, and let me tell you who this guy is. This gentleman's name is Troy Eckert. Troy was the first pro surfer who was sponsored by Volcom, and for over 20 years, he worked with the founder, Richard Woolcott. This guy did everything from marketing, shipping, clothing production, he made a bunch of movies, and he threw a whole bunch of parties that I don't know, I don't, I'm not sure he's gonna wanna discuss here on camera or not. Troy is a life coach, and he helps you to travel deep to determine where the self-limiting beliefs, insecurities, fears, stress, self-sabotage, etc., come from and how to move past them with a renewed sense of self-worth. Troy helps you to create tools and action plans to help break unhealthy patterns, God, I could use this myself, and habits to transform the way you look at yourself and the world you live in. Once the mental barriers are broken down, they're often fear-based beliefs of what could or might happen is when true personal freedom will occur. And I'll finish with this, right on his website, I love this quote, it's time for you to realize your innate inner radness and unlock your full potential. I freaking love that. Ladies and gentlemen, Troy Eckert. What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Awesome. I'm doing well. Man, I uh, I hope I encapsulated the uh, the bio okay because you've got a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there. <laughs> you got a, you got a rich history, and and you know what? Why don't we start off with 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 the simple basic stuff? Where did you grow up, and when did you start getting in the water and and and, and becoming that uh, that guy that you were in the ocean and still are? Yeah. So I I mainly grew up in Southern California. I was up in Northern California until I was about ten years old, kind of bounced around up there. And then I made it back here around 10, found surfing at that age. And I first started surfing um, at Doheny. And that was sort of the beginning of just like the need to be in the ocean like all the time. And, and, and you know, living, I was living inland for a while and, and, I, and I had just been introduced to it. And once I found it, it was just like, couldn't get me out of the water. That was all I wanted to do was surf. Yeah. Now we have a mutual friend in common. I, I messaged him before you came up. I know that you live in San Clemente, which yeah. was my hometown for a bit, or, or a town that I lived in for a while. My hometown is Long Beach. Let's not forget that. But anyway, Matt Biolos is a buddy of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Matt for sure. I've known him for a long time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we used to, you know, surf Doheny when we were like little, little, little kids. Well, before that's he what he kids. said. He goes, ask yeah. him if you remember surfing yeah. Doheny. Yeah. Um, he's so it's fixture. It's uh, it for those of you who don't know, Matt Bylos is the founder of Lost Surfboards and Lost Enterprises down in San Clemente, and I was I just thought that was cool that you got to share that history. Yeah. Um, and so so you start surfing at a young age, and uh, I, I I just love this. You know, Richard Wolcott eventually rolls up and says, "Hey, man, tell that story about how that evolved," because Volcom is no longer a run out of the backyard company. <laughs> yeah. So. Um... I was surfing for Quicksilver at the time, and I was uh, 16, 17-ish, going, you know, in high school at Newport Harbor High School, and um, Wooly, Wooly quit, quit uh, Quicksilver, and then um, kind of went on the sabbatical snowboard thing, and the other co-founder, Tucker Hall, he got fired from Quicksilver, and those guys, and he was, they were with Nathan Fletcher. Um, and those guys went up to like Tahoe and just like snowboarded their brains out. And that was, that was the beginning of kind of the whole snowboard thing too. It was like in the early nineties. Um, and then they came back and, and I was still surfing for Quicksilver and then Willie hit me up. He's like, Hey, I started, I'm, we're starting this company. 
and it was literally just stickers. It was nothing. It was in his, you know, his bedroom. It was just like a, in his in his bedroom basically. And um, he's like, yeah, do you wanna do you wanna be a part? You wanna try this out? Do you wanna like surf for the company and then also just do random shit, you know? And I was 18. I just just uh, graduated high school and and it was just uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I really, the reason why I made the decision, because I could have gone pro, you know, with Quicksilver and did that whole thing. It was just, Wooly was a part of Quicksilver, and then when he laughed and he approached me, I just was, I just really resonated with him. So. I got to ask you, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, on the cusp of, 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 you know, surfing pro with Quicksilver, did you battle with that decision? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, but you said, you, too, you identified and you held Wolcott in such high yeah. regard, right? Yeah. Or was it easy? You, you know, at that time it was pretty easy because I was just like 18 and I was just whatever. Like, I just, like, he was my friend, you know what yeah. I mean? So, like, oh, I'm just gonna like go with my friend. And, and Wooly was, you know, 26 years old at that time and I was 18. So, we were like pretty much like little kids for the most part. Did, did you kind of look up to the guy? I mean, 18, 26, yeah. eight year difference. I remember yeah. 18, I felt extremely yeah. vulnerable, man. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think I'm. Still, absolutely, I was a kid for a long time, but at 18, yeah. like a 26 year old to me, though, is a much more of a man than I for ever sure. was at 18. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, there's no question I looked up to him and, yeah. and, and had a lot of respect for him. And, uh, yeah, and, and I, I like how you, st- <laughs> you stated I was doing this and a whole lot of other, yeah, I might have to do some random shit too. <laughs> yeah, so you're doing just doing yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah, I mean, at that point, it was like we were just starting to make t shirts and. Um, getting getting into the cut and sew stuff, so all of our production was done in Los Angeles. So I was like making runs up to LA in my beat up Honda 1979 Honda Accord, and uh, fill up you know the back with hats and some tees or whatever we were getting at the time, and uh, and then shipping. I'd, I'd like ship half the day, and then like call potential team writers or he like gave me this list. It was like on this like yellow, you know whatever paper, just like that. And uh, it's just like a list of like people, like people and names, like just call all these people on this on this list. And I remember just like picking up the phone and just calling these random people. I had no idea who they were. I'm like, hey, I don't even know what I said. <laughs> I, like in the beginning, it was so freaking. Not scripted. It was so, scripted. It was so like, what ghetto. The hell? I, don't even, I think he was like, hey, hey, um, here's sticker packs. Like call these people, get their addresses, and send them stickers. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like shit like that. So yeah, it was it was ragged. What was the Troy? What was the you know, the cultures changed a lot over the years and and being in like a being a part of a such a organic just talk about a grassroots company you know real similar to you know lost start out of a shack too you know bedrooms and shacks yeah what would you what was it like as far as from the from from the cultural standpoint what was surfing like then compared to now have you seen a lot of change the evolution of bigger companies and stuff like that can can you kind of touch on that yeah it was just real raw like I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. I mean, nowadays, like, kind of thinking about competitive surfing, things like that, it's very organized. There's, like, coaches. It's, like, everybody's focused on, like, sports and things like that and um, and high performance, where, like, back then it was just, like, just go freaking surf, put the junt, you know? It was just raw. It was so raw back then. It was just... I mean, that's all I can, that's how I can really describe it. It's raw, it's yeah. raw as shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we... we most of us know the big stars, you know, you, you know, you've got, you know, during your tenure at Volcom, did you encounter some, some, some guys who are like, this guy is the next so-and-so, mm-hmm. but it never happened for whatever reason. Does that, mm-hmm. oh, does that yeah. question make any sense? I would muscle on or, or grown into a, you know, bigger adult, well, adults really. And when they're younger, things are just different. Like 
and then you kind of put your money on it thinking, oh, they're going to be the next shit. Mm-hmm. And, and then you do different directions, mm-hmm. like they might want to do other things or the style gets weird. It's just, yeah, 100% seen it a bunch of times to where that happens. And then, and then the opposite too, where you sort of feel it out and see with the style and kind of what they're doing, if they're going to be, you know, kind of take it to that next level. Yeah. But there was a couple times, not many, where I saw um, some guys that were surfing pretty good or so, like so, so, so no different than, than any other pro sport. I mean, so, you know, this is high risk stakes. You're in, you know, you're betting on some guy, like when you're drafting some guy for baseball or the NBA, I'm getting the chicks and they're out partying and doing whatever. And is it one of those things you're hope you're hoping that the person's grounded and hoping it's going to do the right thing because isn't that done quite a bit, especially today? Yeah, I would say entertainment and music and things like that. It's like, you know, if 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 when you when you get that kind of money and um and just access when from a young age, it can be it can be gnarly, you know. And 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 yeah, the hope is to have them be able to handle it, you know, along the way. And then that's sort of our job is like we have team managers and people to sort of wrangle them in and, and help them with, with those types of things as well, so yeah. I'm super impressed with people like, uh, I know, uh, for instance, uh, Lost as a team rider, team rider Griffin Cola. Oh yeah. He's Is that guy him. just out of his he's mind? insane. I mean, for, for his age and <laughs> yeah. how he's, he's on the tour and, and um, thriving. Yeah, he's next level. He'll be, he'll be top five. I mean, I'll put money on it that he'll probably win a world title. <laughs> you hear that? You hear that? I, I, I think that would be uh, freaking key to have, uh, have lost, have a, have a world champ on their roster in the near future. That'd be awesome. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of craziness in the industry. And, and, and you'd mentioned organizing some of these parties and stuff because I partook in some of those things. But I want to ask a sidebar question kind of thing. Was there kind of an under? There's a, there was always like kind of like an underlying um, underground rivalry between Lost and Volcom. Am I <laughs> yeah. right? Or yeah, no, there was. What totally. was that? Can you pinpoint um, what that was about? I dude, I don't know. I mean, it was just talking like shit like no, like no tomorrow. <laughs> it was just dumb. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's some team rider things, or I don't even know what it was. It was just like stupid childish shit, really. Yeah, you know, it wasn't even anything of substance. Maybe someone's talking shit. I don't know. It's just like dumb. The, the ran- I know it's it's quieter down a lot, but I'm but yeah, like yeah, in the nineties yeah. it was off the rails. Yeah, no, there, was, there was a total rivalry. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, I, honestly, I don't even know if I can even pinpoint what exactly it was and why it was just like just, just to do it. Yeah, it was- <laughs> you've now you've uh, you lived in Hawaii for a while, and I, mm-hmm. I'm 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 assuming you're pretty well traveled um, as far as the, from a surf perspective. What are some of the places? Couple that that just bend your mind to this day. That uh, I'm assuming Indonesia and places mm-hmm. like that. I mean, yeah. what 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 really just makes you go? Okay, yeah, I can't wait to go there again. Oh, Fiji for sure. Tavaroa would be 100% the spot that I always would. I want to go there forever. Basically, it's just yeah. incredible, and I've been there many, many, many times, and it's just it's defined my surfing and things like that. And plus, we've been able to bring the team riders and bonded so just incredibly with them. That's been a really cool trip. And I've traveled a lot with Volcom to, you know, snowboarding places and, you know, Austria and Germany and Sweden and Norway and just all the different, you know, France. I love France. I love the south of France as well. That's for surfing, obviously. Didn't Tom Kern live there for, for quite a yeah, while? Yeah, I believe he did. Yeah, he did. He did. He, did. he was like married. I think he had kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a big deal for yeah. him to be bailing Santa Barbara <laughs> and, and as a world champion and, and he moved there. Yeah. Like he was there for quite a while. 
Yeah, great waves there. Yeah. Great. It's cold, though. Like, when the waves are good, it's How cold? I mean, in the winter, it's friggin' freezing cold. Like, it snows on the beach sometimes. So barebacking is not an option. In the, in the summer, it's, it's not you can bareback all you want, yeah. but, uh, but not in the wintertime. <laughs> Some of the insanity, you know, and, 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 and I want to encapsulate that for a second, but, you know, you, pro- you probably saw... You saw some stuff go down with some people that you guys love and care about mm-hmm. within your crew. Yeah. And um, uh, before we before we got the show started, you, you mentioned how it was okay for you to share a little bit about something that was pretty personal and pretty frightening to you mm-hmm. involving a guy that's a that's a heavy duty <laughs> heavy duty guy. Can yeah. you can you touch on that a little bit? Because I know the guy is now sober. And um, he doesn't mind telling his story because yeah. we're not about throwing people under the bus no. here. We're about building people up and making them better than the, you know, better stuff here, not bad stuff. So yeah, can you comment on that a little sure. bit about, about what went down? Yeah. So so the person we're talking about is Kai Garcia, Kai Ward. He's known as from um, Kauai and now lives on Oahu. And uh, it was it was right around the time when I just moved to Kauai and um, probably about. 2011-ish, and so I was kind of working um, on the Hawaii program with Volcom, you know, when I kind of stepped down from my executive role at the company here, so I was going back and forth and traveling the North Shore and doing certain things, and, um, and I, you know, I've known Kai for 20 years, and his brother Chava, and, you know, um, but, so, to cut to the story, um, you know, Kai was going through a really, really tough time. At, at that point and you know he's super super deep with uh you know his, his uh, addiction with pills and um a lot of stuff you know like oxys and just this just the shit that really takes people down pretty dramatically i mean obviously you know it better than anybody i can relate to it <laughs> yeah yeah you can relate to it yeah so um you know it was very obvious when we were there how fucked up kai was um, he was super out of shape. He just, he just, he looked like, he looked like a ghost basically. And, you know, everybody knew what was going on at the time. There was no hiding. There was no hiding. You yeah. just couldn't hide it. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I was there as the, you know, the person sort of in charge of, of Volcom at the time. And, and, and so it came to a head of like, Hey, we got to, we, we got it as, as, as not only, um, you know, a, a friend, or actually reverse that as as an employer, but more so as a friend, to you know try to intervene with the situation, and so that's exactly what I did. I talked to his wife Kanoi, and um, I said, "Hey, we, you know," and, and she obviously knew what was going on too, and every everybody knew. And Kai thought he was like pulling it off, right? Because that's what you do when you're you're, you're high as fuck. You, you just he doesn't like, know. She doesn't know, man. Yeah. That beads of sweat pouring totally. off of you and just yeah. Right. Totally. So so we organized it to where we, um, you know, I talked to Kai. I was like, hey, we need uh, to have a sit down and mm-hmm. we need to chat. And so we did this at his house in Hollyiva, and and man, I feel like I'm shaking now because of, <laughs> because of how freaking shaking I was. Because that guy's gnarly, isn't he? Oh, at that he's fucking so gnarly, and 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 you know he was pushing 300 pounds. I would imagine at that point he was just super bloated and just it was just like he was so unhealthy and so messed up. Mm-hmm. You know he was popping. I don't even know how many a day. It was like 30-something, 40 fucking oxys a day. Oh, like crazy amounts, you know. I could be exaggerating a little bit, but he told me it was a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, sat down with them, and I was just like, you know, I'm just like, okay, Kai, 
and he's you know he's high as shit right there and his Kanoe's there and she's crying and I'm just like okay dude you're gonna you're about to lose your you know your your family your livelihood everything that you've worked for in your life is about to go down the drain if you don't you know get your shit together mm-hmm. and so yeah he and, and and in that moment I was just like what's gonna happen in my head my head's just going everywhere is he just gonna like kill me right now am i going to urgent care or is what? he gonna like break down and cry like what's happening and, and that's exactly what he did he just started pouring crying just like instantly just like came out and was just like i know i know i have a problem like i don't want to lose this like i'll do whatever i gotta do like i'll, I'll do anything and i'm like okay well this is it we're gonna go you're, you need to go get help you know oh wow so so that's part one. Oh, so we, so we have more parts go man so the next one I'll try to be quick. Oh no, no, so, you're so, good. So then there was there was um it was uh, a surfer pole like a couple of days later, and so I think he was on security or something, and and he was there, and he was good. Like he he had he had stopped, but you know when you're doing that much oxys or whatever it is a day, you can't just like do that shit, right? No. I mean, you know better than anybody. Yeah. And not um, and not be able, and not walk properly or anything. Exactly. Yeah. So 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 we, he got through that night and he masked it beautifully, like somehow. But it was, I believe, it was the day after we had we had a um, a gathering at the Volcom House for a bunch of retailers. We did a, we were doing a barbecue, right? It was just you know like a meet and greet kind of thing with team riders and retailers, things like that. And so Kai was there, and he could barely stand erect. Yeah. He was so, he was, he was like, I was, we were all like, oh, you know what I mean? Holy shit, he's going to fall over. Withdrawal. He, was, just, he was starting to, you know, shut down basically. Yeah. And, and then that was, and so I called Kanoa. I'm like, Kanoa, you need to come get Kai right now. He's so fucked up. Like, you have to come. And she came and she literally just like headlocked him out of there. And, and, and anybody who knows Kanoa, she's a, she's a, she's fucking gnarly, you know? And she literally just like grabbed him and pulled him out of there. Tough lady. So then... You know, talk to her, and we had to have another one. We had to have another sit down and be like, "Dude, you know, we knew you were high. We know you were so high." And oh, he wasn't going through withdrawal. At the no, time. no, no. He was. He was. Okay. He was medicating again. Okay. So yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. So um. So we so I sat down again. It was like, dude, no, for real. This time, like, this is the last straw. And literally, boom, he just it clicked, and he was like, I think he was on the next flight out, like the next day or so later, and he went for. He was supposed to go for like 30 days mm-hmm. and then he extended to 60 and then he extended to 90. Oh, I think he was there awesome. for three months. Awesome. In here on the mainland. Okay. And then that was it. And he's been sober since. And that was, you know, I don't, know, I don't even know, like six or five or six years ago, seven yes. years ago, something like that. So yeah, it was a heavy, heavy, heavy <laughs> moment for me. Um, I'll never forget it. And um, But I'm so proud now that I got the opportunity to be a part of that and to see how incredibly you know, well he's doing now and what he's created on the North Shore. And man, it's a haven for all these kids now. It's become this like, this uh, this place where people can come and just, you know, be pure and like work on um, their health and, yeah. and, and, and really strive and thrive, you know what I mean? Versus like, it's, the North Shore is, in my opinion, is so much different than it used to be, man. It's just like, you know, he's got this like rad dojo kind of, kind of area below his house uh-huh. where it's like all the kids come and train and, I mean, everyone's just like getting down and like getting prepped and just getting psyched and hyped and getting in shape and eating well and all the things, you know. So it's just like it's an incredible like turn. That's super cool. And um, I know that, you know, when you see someone who's sick and dying from something and to see them to see he or she turn around 
it's gratifying for sure. In fact, this is a good segue into the stuff that you do. Because I want to talk about some of the stuff because uh, what is your website again, by the way? Tell our listeners. It's uh, Radical.Voyage. Yeah. You guys got to check out RadicalVoyage.com. And, yeah, um, that too. You know, I've had a lot of guests, people have a lot of websites and stuff, but I was completely drawn to it. And you hit on so many points about these things that you try to do to help motivate people to be the better, the best version, from what I can tell, of themselves. Mm. You know, and so can you talk with talk with all of us here a little bit about some of the stuff that you do to help people improve? Because you mentioned stuff like fear-based stuff and mm. the perception of oneself and the anxieties and all these things. Sounds like you do some stuff to help other people. Just take it a notch above, man, and, and help improve themselves. I'm really digging that whole layout of, of what you got going on there. So I'd love to hear about it, and I think the listeners want to hear too. Cool, yeah. I mean, it's uh, this the whole life coach thing just kind of really came super organically for me. And um, I kind of look at it as almost like a throwback to what I was doing at Volcom, um, just with team building from the athletic side and also my employees and whatnot. And I took a lot of pride in really um, being very – kind of close to each person and really helping them develop in their careers, whether it be in the office or even on an athletic side too. So now it's like, um, yeah, full circle coming back around and just, I'm, I'm just so, I'm so um, ready and happy to work with people to really break down, like you said, the barriers of just like all the mental things that we, we, we think are in place which a lot of the time it's our stories it's a lot of just a lot of habits a lot of patterns for many 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 years yeah. you know that you you're, you're basically just automatically going back to these things mm-hmm. and, and it's gonna and a lot of the time it keeps you limited keeps you back to where you have you know you have we all have so much potential and a lot of the time it's basically us we're the ones that get in get in the way of doing whatever it is that we want to do totally i mean like being stuck yes you know and, and i know that um can you give me you don't need to mention people's names but can you use a couple of examples mm-hmm. of for with your work it's like troy this is what's going on with me mm-hmm. i need help with this fact or this situation in my life i can't get through it i and i want to be i want to i want to be a better version of me or want to, want to improve mm-hmm. can you give it like an exciting example of mm-hmm. of a situation with a person where it's like this was going on and we did some stuff to yeah. to freaking better it yeah i think well one thing i'm thinking about here is um one of my one of my clients he's um he's really looking to expand his his business um and it was almost, it's funny because people might come to me with like business stuff of like, hey, well, I want to become better at what I'm already doing. And, and we'll start to talk about, you know, okay, well, how do we sort of get through certain issues or blockage, blocks that you have going on to increase revenue, whatever it is. But then it always seems to become something much deeper. You know what I mean? That's the surface stuff. <laughs> it's the surface stuff. Yeah. It's like okay, well, what do you really want? You know what I mean? What do you really want to create? And it's like a lot of the time, and this is sort of, I guess, broad, but I, I think it's going to answer your question, is, um, you know, what, what, do you really, what do you really want to create in your life that's going to be fulfilling? You know, and a lot of the time, I think people get stuck in what they're doing as far as with their work or even partnership or whatever, you know, and 
So in that, it's like I try to help them kind of like clear the weeds, mm -hmm. you know, just like get through kind of the, the bullshit in a sense of just like the things that limit them in creating whether it's, you know, a new, a, a, a healthier relationship or if it's like um, health, you know, wellness, things like that. And then also um, it all kind of relates back into the business side of things, too, as far as like being able to, you know, eat better. Maybe, you, maybe we start like meditating. Maybe we start journaling. Like, let's talk about your, your habits and like your rituals. Like, what sort of rituals do you have? You know, and it's like once we start to sort of identify like who we are to the essence, like down to the essence, yeah. you know what I mean? Not with the labels of like, I'm, I'm a father, I'm a mother, I'm, you know, I'm a employer, I'm, I'm a surfer, whatever it is. It's like, is that really what you are? You're like really, what makes you tick? You know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes sense. It completely does yeah. because, you know, I, I spent over an hour on your website today mm. and Everything was speaking to me, which is cool. which is why I'm setting an appointment with him before he leaves. No bullshit. I um, I'm so compelled because there's there's some there's some. Uh, I mean, I have a really good life today. Yeah. I, I do. However, there are things that tend to block me. Yeah. One of my one of my biggest one of my biggest challenges since I've been in recovery is this. Mm. I have I miss out on a lot of moments because yeah, I'm present. Mm. Sometimes I'm not. And I'm often, and you know, in recovery, a lot of us who are who are uh, alcoholics or former addicts, we have this tendency to forecast things, mm. which is why we call you know right here, right now, and that's 24 hours a day, all the whatever, all that stuff. I need help with that. Yeah. And and um, and what's what's interesting is that most of the fears that I tend to pro, uh, project upon myself, Troy. Mm. Are these things never manifest into yeah. a reality? Yeah, it's a I story. create right. You're creating a story. You're creating. You're creating um, a future that is most likely not going to happen. And you know. And then also, um, just based on your past, kind of your past. You know what I mean? Just like the anchoring to your past is such a big one. You know. And then also just like childhood shit. Like we don't realize how mm. much of that childhood stuff that we're carrying into our adulthood. Like, oh, yeah. I feel it all the time, even with my children. Like, I'll, I'll, like, catch myself going, holy shit, I sounded like my dad right there. Or, like, yeah. you know, or if I have an abandonment sort of issue. And, um, and, 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 and even now, like, you know, like, with my children, it's like um, I see them every uh, weekend and, and then they're gone. And it's like I feel that abandonment of, like, when my parents got divorced. And then I feel it with my children now. And it's like... Once we can start to really unravel a lot of that stuff, and not in a real therapeutic way, like therapy, traditional therapy way, the thing I like about life, life coaching and, and just kind of that, that idea is it's really about like identifying and having awareness around that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. but also um, more so present tense. Like where are we at today? Yeah. And what do we want to create today that's going to influence what you know, you're going to be doing in the future? I, I love that. I, I, I'm so compelled by it. And one of the, another thing I want to touch touch base on with you is are you a are you a believer in like stored trauma in like mm. muscles and oh, yeah. tissue and stuff uh, here, did, did I just hit a hot a hot button oh yeah I've um because I, I for those of you watching and soon will be listening on the I, I messaged Troy before I go I want to get with you privately no joke because <laughs> I've you know I've had so many injuries so many surgeries and stuff and think stuff is stored just not just from physical pain 
But some emotional stuff too. I've done a lot of emotional work, which I'll tell you privately. I'm not going to share about it right now. But I want to hear yeah. just about how how important is that when we're when we're messed up physically? Mm-hmm. Can't that just create all sorts of not just havoc, anxieties, mm-hmm. but just problems in day to day? Oh, for sure. Like the the energy block the the energy blocking. I mean that stuff. It does get stored. It it, it you. You have to work through it, you know, and it could be on a physical side. Sometimes physical work can work through emotional trauma as well. But I think a lot of it is 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 more so work through on, you know, the mental emotional side first and foremost to be able to sort of unblock, you know, the things that are like got you stuck in there. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's it's a it's a true fact, you know, and and I think also with those blocks, it can lead to other things. It can lead, you know. Uh, your immune system can be depleted. You can yeah. you can you can become ill more often. You can create disease. I mean, this is why people create disease is because of, you know, past trauma, stress hormones, things like that. That's where it all stems from. You know, and so you really, I think, I mean, the awareness is the biggest piece, right? Like, once you're aware of like what you're thinking about, and and you can uh, in that in that uh, moment make the conscious effort to change your thought patterns and your thought processes. That's when you can start to change and unravel things because we truly we truly really have a thinking problem. Like a lot of the time, it's it's not situational. For sure, it's a thinking problem. Right? That's right. That's you know, right. like we think ourselves into oblivion, basically. Like why can't we think ourselves into bliss? You know what I mean? So. You're going to have your hands full with me, man. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm so looking forward to breaking out calendars after we're done because uh, as soon as next week, uh, if you're <laughs> available, we got to do this. I got to, about five or six months ago, I saw this guy walking down the street in this t-shirt. I just started laughing so hard. I'd ask him where he got it. And the t-shirt was all, it was a black t-shirt and a small white lettering and said, fuck yoga. Yeah. Okay, and it had like a little pose, and um, and I started laughing, and you know, this is one of those things I've been wanting to explore, wanting to do, and some of the some of the most contented people that I know are avid practitioners mm. of yoga, yeah. and yet I've always fought it. I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. Scroll to stretch. Yeah, I'll stretch for thirty seconds. Yeah, right. You know. This, this, this lying to myself like I'm getting better on my own, which I'm not in that regard. And uh, my sponsor is a, uh, is a fanatic about yoga. And he's, he's a peaceful guy, walks light, and is genuinely pretty damn happy for the most part. Mm-hmm. And he told me recently he attributes a tremendous amount of that happiness to the practice of, of, of that thing, which I won't say F yoga again, because Troy is... Um, is big time deep into that practice. Can you touch on that a little bit? Because we're going to be going that direction, you and I personally, <laughs> um, for some private sessions, and I want to learn more. Awesome. Can you can you talk a little bit about that practice? What has it done yeah. for you? What got you into it? I'll just just yeah, yeah. rap about it for a minute. Sure. I mean, how I got into it was, um, I mean, I've had so many injuries just just all over the place, but my my main injury was um, my. Um, I crushed my heel a motorcycle accident so that was kind of where I was so locked up my physical therapist basically prescribed yoga to me he's like you need to go and like loosen he need to, need to unwind this shit you know because it's locked up and this, this is going to create some problems later on in your life if you don't if you don't attend to it now and that was 
um, 12-ish years ago. And, you know, once the first time I got, I, I did it, um, I could barely touch my toes. Like I couldn't, I was so just, you know, stuck together that um, scar tissue and just whatever, just sitting in a chair for 20 years. I mean, chairs are the worst. Like make sure you stand up every, like, uh, I think it's something like every 20 minutes, let's do it. <laughs> Okay, I gotta follow this guy here. <laughs> See, I feel better already. Look at that. Look at that. I'm taking direction from this gentleman already. <laughs> yeah. Keep plugging away, man, because yeah, yeah, we yeah, want to yeah. hear more here. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, just locked up. And um, I mean, I went, kind of what I say is I went for the physical, but left with the mental. And um, obviously, the physical is a big part of that, but more so, I feel like I got mental. Um, stability in a sense from relief too oh yeah okay i mean and i'm just, so i'm so curious about that part of it, it well there's a lot there's a lot of um a lot of energy stuck in your muscles your your ligaments your tendons and until you start to unwind that through a practice like yoga once you, once you start to open up a lot of that stuff, you, you're going to release a lot of that stuff inherently. Yeah, so, I, I got to bounce this off you. Yeah. You know, and before we got, we were, we're, we're meeting in my office for a few minutes. I was like, dude, I got to talk to you about this yoga <laughs> stuff. Because I'm like a junkyard, man. It's like I have days where I can, where I think I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty vertical with the way I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I think I'm standing and walking decently with purpose. And there's days where I feel like I'm 90. You know, and uh, so it's always been, I've always have a lot of, I think, fear based around, I can't do, I saw a photo of you on the web, on your website. I was like, I can't do one eighth of that, of this pose, your thing that you're in. And I'm like, I just want stuff to, I wish I could take WD-40, you know. (laughs) That's what yoga is, it is WD-40. And and so is, are you able to help... um, you know, a fool like me who doesn't know a darn thing about oh, yeah. this stuff, are you able to take it from the real basics? Because yeah. I'm one of those guys, like, if it's too gnarly off the bat, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if I can do it. But no. um, how do you approach uh, a subject such as a Sanford and Son, <laughs> Sanford and Son situation right here? Honestly, I, I mean, we'd probably start out with some breath work and just breathing okay. and just getting, you, just getting you to be quiet and just, you know, quiet down. And I think that's a big thing. And I mean, if you can show up on your mat and just breathe, that's fundamentally one of the most important things that you'll do in, in your yoga practice. Okay. Because once you can get this breath, ujjayi breath, that's when you're able to connect with the physical part of the practice. That helps with the rhythm of it all? 100%. Yeah. And then you become present. You really, you really, um, you know, you become... You become mindful of, of being where you are. And then from that point, then you start to really start to, you know, um, tap into the asana or the poses. And just very slowly, this is, yoga is something that you can do your entire life. It's very low impact. Um, I mean, you can get intense. There's a lot of definitely intense stuff going on. Yeah, I saw a photo of you. It's, it's not intense. It's, it looks like you're in an accident. <laughs> totally. But it's Unbelievable. just, man, it's, it's so beautiful because it always evolves. It's just, it's ever changing. It's like the ocean, you know, the ocean's never the same thing when you go in there every single time. It's, that's how it is for yoga, your yoga practice. It'll evolve every single time you go onto your mat, you know, and it's just, uh, it's incredible. You know, if, if, um, 
if you're pres- if you're prescribing yoga for somebody, what would your suggestion be? How often should they should one be doing it? Uh, the, the gentleman I was t- was re- referring to you about a moment ago, he says ideally for him it's three, but at least two a week. Yeah, for sure. So I think w- great. what is your take on that? Yeah, I think two. I mean, even in the beginning, if you can do once a week, is like a good start. You know what I mean? But like when you're kind of got your practice going, for sure, after you know three days is going to get you. Um, to a point where you're going to be progressing a lot quicker if you're doing three days a week. Basically. Do I need to bring like a like a massive neck brace for me to drive home and like when I'm done? Is this not gonna, even? No, no, no you'll okay. be good. I got my props. I love we'll it. Make it happen. I love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some of the uh, the stuff that you're that you're doing with people, that um, obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna have to assume it brings you joy when you yeah. see change. Oh yeah. Is there, is there a few things that's like why you do what you do? Because, you know, once again, this is a guy who came up from the humble beginnings of Volcom and saw it through to a massively successful company. And obviously with the company, I'm sure you did pretty well with them for a while, right? Yeah. And, and you're not in that, are you not in that stuff day to day anymore at all, right? Not at all. Whole different deal for you. Completely different. And so when you're working with people mm-hmm. with, um, what's the website again? One more time. I want to say it again, damn it. The voyage, what is it? Radical voyage, radical dot voyage. Is that a ra- ra- radical dot voyage? Yeah, or radicalvoyage.com. Radicalvoyage.com. Yeah. Uh, please check it out, you guys. What do you, is it's fulfilling you too to help further others? 100%. Right? That's, yes, it's, it's a lot of the time it's a mirror. Like I'll just, I'll be talking with somebody, working with somebody and then I, you know, we start getting on a subject and it's like, I'm talking to myself, you know? so. It's almost, it's almost, um, it's almost like when I'm coaching somebody, I'm also coaching myself at the same time, and I love that. You know, I can walk away from a session knowing that, or not knowing, but hoping that there's change happening with the client. But then also, I walk away and I and I, you know, I'm always taking something away from that person, mm-hmm. and that's going to benefit me as well. So it's this energy exchange, you know, and it's just, it's been incredible, man. I, I'm, I'm. I'm in such a different place than I was, you know, especially when I was at Volcom. I mean, I was, I went through the party shit too. Like it was freaking nonstop. You yeah, know? Speaking of which, speaking of which, he, he uh, off camera shared a, a pretty cool story with me is that you, you saw Sublime with 40 or 50 oh, yeah. people. Was yeah. it in Costa Mesa? It was in Costa Mesa. It was where Mother's Market is now in Costa Mesa. Yeah. That used to be a theater. We actually had premieres there. There was the stag bar, and there was this little like surf skate snow shop in the back corner. I think it's like a liquor store. It's a liquor store right now, actually. That's right. And um, yeah. and yeah, Sublime played in that, and there was probably like fifty people, and it was just <laughs> fucking insane. It was the early nineties. Yeah, it was it was so insane. Yeah, a lot's changed since then. Oh yeah. Right? And and um, but but your purpose today mm-hmm. at. Um, what is your purpose today? Obviously, yeah. we're talking about a lot of what it is. Yeah. It's like yeah. there's something that drives you to do what yeah. you're doing because it's far from corporate. Yeah, oh yeah, far from corporate. You know, my purpose, I guess, yeah, just um, help people just kind of uncover their their true radness and just like how awesome and rad they are because we all have it innately, and we just sometimes need help kind of getting uncovering it really because. Everybody has the potential to do anything they want to do, you know, and, and, and again, I think it's ourselves that get in the way most of the time. And, you know, I, I'm definitely guilty of it for sure. And talk myself out of something or, 
you know, oh, I couldn't do that because that guy's better or, yeah. you know, all the shit that we just like, it's like, imagine if you talk to somebody else the way you talk to yourself. Like, oh, that'd be God. fucking crazy, right? Well, yeah, I'd probably be incarcerated. <laughs> exactly. So when we can learn to like treat ourselves with a bit more dignity and respect as well, it's like, man, shit's going to happen. Do you, have you come across, one, I think one of my biggest, you want to call it a defect of character is mm. I beat the crap out of myself. Totally. I mean, that's it. I, um, I don't know if it's a strive for perfectionism, which I'm the furthest thing from perfect, <laughs> furthest thing from perfect, mm. but like, I'm just like, oh, if this is an order, it's like, sometimes it's like my lack of acceptance gets me so jumbled up. Mm. And so it's this strive to be something that. You know, I don't know. We're all fallible, right? Yeah. And so, uh, do you come across that where it's like people are so gripped up, where they have this idea of what their of how everything should be, and it's not because they're because it's not that way. Yeah. They're just jumbled up and just yeah. tweaked. Well, it's the control. Know? It's like we think we can control everything, which is completely the, quite the opposite. Right. You know, it's like. I mean, you really only can control what you what you do, say, think, and even that can be difficult, right? And and I think that there's a lot of beauty around just the idea of the unknown too, um, because that's where I think a lot of things really happen is in that moment of un, of of like not knowing, and then also being okay with not knowing too, because that's that's a big one I think for a lot of people, and and even the fact of like, you know, people will be like. You know, I, 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 fuck, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm like, there's your answer. You don't know what you're going to do. Like, sit with that for a second. Mm -hmm. Like, don't go anywhere with that. You don't always you, have to be knowing. You don't have to know what the yeah. hell's going on. You know yeah. what I mean? And if you can really wrap your head around the idea of, like, being okay not knowing in the moment, it becomes a lot fucking easier. You know what I mean? You're not, you, you're not that, you don't go into that anxious cycle of, like, I need to, I need to, I got to, I got to. Yeah. You know, it's just like, let's create some space here. Yeah, sometimes it's like this feeling of um, force-feeding results and like an expectation gets in the way of, okay, if this doesn't work out, mm. damn it, all hell will bro break loose. Yeah. And, and it's just like, it's almost like manifesting, forecasting, and a, 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 dep a depressive type of uh, um, condition. Yeah. Like, because this doesn't happen, screw that, man, I'm just all bummed. Yeah. What kind of fucking thinking is that, man? Yeah, it's completely not, it's not good thinking. <laughs> it's just not good thinking. Yeah. yeah. It's not, you're not taking responsibility for your thoughts, you know, and, and thoughts is where, that's what we're just thinking machines. Like, we just think all day long, you know, and it's like, most of the time we're thinking negative thoughts, and we're, we're thinking negative, negative thoughts most of the time, and then we're repeating the same thoughts we've, we've thought the day previous. Yeah. So it's just, we're just like barely getting anywhere. Some of the best headspace that I personally ever can be in is, like I love being in the water. I love the ocean, it's, I, I've always loved the ocean. And after, riding waves is fun, I love it. But it's the feeling I have afterwards mm. that often for me is even better than the act itself. Yeah. What I wanted to ask you is, is there a similar feeling with the yoga thing? Oh yeah. Like, because I, I, I'm into feeling, I mean I was into feeling good uh, artificially for a long time. Yeah. And, and that's no longer um, a path for yeah. me today. So I've got to seek, right? Yeah. Seek other avenues mm. for, for, for betterness and stuff like that. Yeah. So is that a, I'm assuming that uh, 
some yoga work, there's a post feeling of, man, that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you feel high when you come out of there. You know, like I do anyways. And I mean, there's there's a lot of times when the waves are shitty and I'd much rather go to yoga. Like more often than not, I'm going to yoga just because... Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because like when I'm on my mat and doing whatever it is I'm doing, it's like it can be as challenging as riding a big wave or, you know, critical takeoff or whatever it is. You know, it can be that challenging mentally and physically. So I get the same sort of high as I do when I'm in the ocean, minus getting a big barrel. Like that'd be the only thing that yeah. would like kind of be, be better, you know what I mean? But, um, but 100%, man, it, it, gives, it gives me everything I need. So it sounds like just, just with like you charging the waves, like yeah, forever in a day, um, the yoga thing is, you know, if, if, does that encompass the body, mind, and spirit thing for you? Oh, yeah. It covers that pretty well. Yeah, and I, I, and I, would, I would say that for most people that practice yoga, it's going to be the same for them as well. You know, it's, uh, it's all-encompassing, and it, and it just helps you have a better day, be a better person, you know, and, 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 and stay in the moment more, I think, which is really important. Yeah, I don't see too many people who are, who are practicing yoga all the time, running around, like, taking people out of cars and bashing windshields <laughs> in. That, that's generally not happening. Not, mostly not. Right? No. They're a little more centered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I wasn't saying that I did that recently. <laughs> I did four in 2006. I love the documentary, by the way. You guys, you guys <laughs> freaking crushed it, and it's just so honest and amazing and just, Thanks, man. man. I recommend everybody check that out. It's really good. Appreciate you watching. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, are you traveling a lot these days? I mean, uh, well, hold on. With the work that you do, is it mainly just in South Orange County, or are you finding yourself, man, I hit the road. I got sometimes I have to go over to Hawaii and I work with people. Yeah. Is it? Is it? What does it look like for you? Well, well, the cool thing about what I'm doing for the, you know, for the most part with the coaching is I can do it anywhere in the world, mm -hmm. and it's you know, either phone call or or video conference call or. And if it's local, sometimes in person, but but mainly it can be done anywhere. Okay. And that's that's what's cool about the whole uh, the, the whole profession. You know? And you have some people that you work with that are located in just crazy far away places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not crazy, crazy far away, but you know, far enough to where the far enough to where you're not going to drive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so um, yeah, so so that's that's it's good. It's a cool it's a cool thing that I'm like just tapping into. So I really like it. Yeah. And um, now. Do you, are you, you have, how old are your kids? I have three daughters and they're eight, 10, and 12. Yeah. Are they here or Hawaii? No, they're here, they're in Oceanside. So oh, nice. I'm in and they're in Oceanside. That's not, that's not, yeah. a, that's not, not too bad of a drive. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I, uh, I'm inspired, man, and uh, I'm thankful that you took the time to hang out with me for a little bit today because I think what I like to do if you don't mind, is in a few months after we've done after we've after we've after I have the neck brace on I've been to, <laughs> and I've been to urgent care a few times as a result of working with you, let's have you back on and, and, and maybe I'll be able to report I I'm thirty percent thirty seven percent better. What do you think? <laughs> Sounds great. Would to you me. come back on? Oh, of course, man, absolutely. Where do you uh, on kind of a, a couple final little things here? Yeah. How do you look at the uh, at the surfing world today as far as the industry as a whole? What, what's your take on it? Well, I mean, surfing in general is pretty um, healthy, I think. Um, the, the sport of surfing, meaning there's a, more people than ever surfing. Yeah. You know, um, the industry itself, I think, is in an interesting spot. Um, I'm not sure where it's going to go. Like, I just don't, I don't think anybody knows. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, there's new brands coming up and there's, 
There's just a lot of other types of brands that are sort of penetrating the surf market. There's like street brands and just, just a lot of different stuff going on. You know, the, the, yeah. the, the, the days of the big brand and the loyalty, I don't, I don't know. It, it could come back around. It could come back around. It it's lacking though. It's, it's lacking. Yeah, I feel like it's lacking a bit of loyalty and, mm -hmm. and, and you know, and brands are, and brands, um, and he, actually we meant, we talked about this in the, in the podcast with, um, or the sit down with Vibe was just, um, a lot of brands are lacking purpose, I think. Okay. And Vite brought that up, and I thought that was a great point. Um, you know, of 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 just not selling the next widget or the next board short or the yeah. next whatever. It's like, what's the purpose behind your mission? Like, what's your mission? You know, what what? How are you? How are you uh, making the world a better place? You know. I, I appreciate you saying that because he touched on that interview yeah. um, about how you guys at Vulcan were encouraging the 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 people who are part of the faction or just part of the crew. To be the best selves that they possibly could be, whether it was in the arts, not just surfing, yeah, yeah. but going beyond there. Um, has that been lost a little bit, even in their own culture? Or is that something that's taboo to talk about? Oh no, I can talk. I mean, I'm so I'm just re removed from it. But um, I mean, I think I think that they're doing a good job with what they have, and because of the landscape changing so much, um, they're still as passionate. I mean. The dudes at the top, I mean, Ryan, who, who ended up, um, Ryan McGart, who took over my position when I left, uh, he's very passionate. He's been there 25 years. I mean, he's, he knows, he, you know, he, he's in a band. He, uh, he's a great snowboarder. Like, he loves surfing. You know, he, he understands the culture. So I feel like they're in good hands with him and that direction. But I think the biggest thing is just, like, the consumer kind of, like, a little bit going I don't know. I feel like they're almost confused. You know what I mean, uh -huh. in a sense too. Not that, not that they're confused. They're just kind of like in a, in a different place with the action sports industry. It's just not like how it used to be. It's not as hardcore and like loyal. Like the fans aren't as loyal. I don't think. Mm -hmm. You know, and then and then maybe the brands are sort of um, chasing it a bit more. You know, interesting. Like, you know, like it's the, like chasing chasing maybe markets that might not understand what they're doing versus yeah. like diving back into the core and really taking care of that core foundation, which I think is everything. Like if you don't have those core followers, it's just like, you know how it is. You're just gonna, it's like a band, right? Like a band with like the core centric, yeah. gnarly hardcore followers, and then they go mainstream and you lose those followers and then they, and then it just kind of goes away over time. Unless they do a hundred incredible albums, you know, or yeah. whatever. So, so in a way, in a way, I kind of get this feeling of, your, of, your, of, a, of a sense of thinking on your end, like, Man, for some of you guys, it's time to burn it down and start over. <laughs> kind of. Right? Like kind yeah. of regroup. Yeah. Where, where, where should this thing really, really be? Yeah. Do, do you miss it at all? I mean, are there moments where you're like, you know, because obviously you could probably work for a bunch of people. Yeah. With all the people that you've been amongst and you were successful in your own right. Mm -hmm. Do you, is there parts of you like, you know, I, I kind of, well, or no? I don't really miss it, but it's more so of like, I'll be, I'll see something in, in going on. I'll be like, what is that? You know what I mean? <laughs> What's so it'll be more of a frustration, but okay. then I'm like, oh, whatever. It's like, you know, it's not my business anymore. And, 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 and there'll be moments when I think about things and you know what the biggest thing was, and I talk about this a lot in the, in the, in the, um, the thing with Vibe was, is the camaraderie and the people, you know, like that was a bit, that was the biggest thing I took away from Volcom was just like the, the relationships and just the team building and just always having like incredible energy, you know, with like 20 employees that are all sort of sync, synced up, you know, yeah. and just thinking the same way. And man, we were like in our, in our time, we were, 
we were all just like, I mean, we couldn't, felt like we couldn't do any wrong. You know what I mean? You're clicking on all cylinders, man. When that, that thing popped, my God. Yeah, that was a, a, a true machine. Yeah. Right? It was fun, man. It was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. Minimal regrets, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no regrets. No way. No way. Troy, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank and you, before brother. we part ways, would you please share with the listeners and the viewers, if they want to get a hold of you and rap about what you do a little bit more, yeah. tell them how to get a hold of you. Yeah. Um, you can go on my website. It's uh, radical.voyage or radicalvoyage.com. And then at the bottom, I believe there's just a little email link there. And you can just go ahead and email me. and It'll go straight to me. And then uh, my Instagram is at radicalvoyage. And then my personal Instagram is at trekker, T-R-E-C-K-E-R-T. Yeah. Outstanding. I'll be booking my first appointment. Next week, I'll be in pretzel mode. I'll probably be like kind of like this when I meet with you guys next, when, I, when I go on the show next week. And I'll say, hey, thanks, Troy. Thanks. And, I, and, I, and I'm not sure if I'm going to see you again for multiple appointments. But we're going to start with one for damn sure. And I'm looking forward to reporting to you guys how I'm doing with my yoga practice. So, you guys, once again, Troy Eckert, thank you kindly for being on the show today. And thank you guys for tuning in. One more thing. You guys, please go to the nolfamilyfoundation.org and throw in a couple of bucks. I mentioned before at the top, order two dozen or more t-shirts. I will come over and tie your kid's shoes. I'll take one of the dogs on the walk, uh, maybe for 10 to 12 minutes, and I will house sit for you guys if you got a decent pad that's coastal. Thank you guys very much for joining us today, and we'll see you guys next week where I think we might have Matt Biolos from Lost Surfboards. We're waiting on that. Either way, we'll see you guys next week with something. Thank you.